Welcome to The Rant. I'm your host, Herman James, and on today's episode, we'll be talking to Jet Black, creator of X Awards in Australia and Sweet Release, the Adult Entertainment Talent Agency. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Ditch the use of the junk drawer scissors and the same beard trimmers you shave your face with to use on your balls. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code HERMAN to save 20% to get waterproof ball trimmers and everything else you can need for your junk at manscaped.com. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, helping this podcast. And uh, now it's a vlog, I think, because it's on YouTube. Is that a video vlog? Sure, maybe. Um, Go international. Uh, As the intro said, we have got a world-renowned entrepreneur here, Jet Black. How are you doing, Jet? I'm doing great, Herman. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Was that the good intro for you? The world-renowned entrepreneur? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'll take anything I can get. If that's the title we're going with, I- I'd love to be world-renowned. I think, you know, as as things keep going in the industry and we keep growing at both Sweet Release, Sex Awards and my career in the industry, which we'll touch on, um, yeah, it- it's great to get a title like that. It's not something I had many years ago when I started in the industry, but I'm happy with world-renowned. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think world-renowned sounds better than the infamous because that has the negative tone but i am for sure more infamous I mean, than anything else. infamous is kind of like you know i start thinking villains like from the batman movies or, <laughs> or superman <laughs> yeah you, you don't really hear like good people come out as infamous but you know what i'll take it i i have people that say i'm infamous more the show is for things and you know what that gets me introduced to a good amount of people like yourself so you know what i'll take it i'm okay with that whatever works <laughs> <laughs> exactly so you are as I said, an entrepreneur, you've started uh, not only a business, but an award show off of your own work history. Can you give us a background of kind of where you came from and what you're doing and where you plan on going? Yeah, sure. So early days, I I pretty much did what everybody expected anyone to do. You go to uni and you, you do a degree and you go and do the nine till five grind. Uh, and so my first industry was hospitality and tourism. So I was working nine to five, doing the whole Dolly Parton routine um, <laughs> as in hotels and resorts as a receptionist uh, and, and as a hotel manager. So I climbed ranks really quickly in hotels uh, such as Sofitel and the Accor chain properties, Starwood properties, which are huge in the US. Uh, we've only got a little few here in Australia, but um, where I'm based. Uh, However, my career kind of took a bit of a turn. I decided that hospitality wasn't for me, but I was good with people of all different ages and and different backgrounds, and I couldn't quite work out the why behind that. Um, But early days growing up, I had trouble understanding what it meant to be a gay man and what it meant to be homosexual. Uh, and so trying to find myself, I landed myself in the adult sector, going to a few gay clubs, meetings and drag queens, escorts, nightclub managers, drug dealers, you name it. I've been there, done it, touched it, licked it, uh, <laughs> and, and lived to tell the tale afterwards. Uh, so it's, it's been an interesting journey to get to where I am today, but I guess it combined with that hospitality side of things, you know, I went to uni, did the degree, worked in the industry, blah, blah, blah. Uh, hated it, but loved it at the same time. It's one of those love hate relationships, the hospitality sector. I got sick of being fake. Uh, and with hospitality, you have to Wait, pretend to enjoy fake? your job. 
Since when? Sorry? I thought they were all nice. I thought all hospitality workers were nice and happy to meet me and, you know, genuinely kind all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and we generally, and we gener- like genuinely remember your the drinks you you like and and the pillows you want fluffed because you know you stay with us all the time. Uh, now we've got computer systems for that. Thank you, Opera and Fidelio, um, for making our jobs easy and and more robotic, which takes the personalization out of it. But in terms of the hospitality sector, I I grew really quickly. I grew up very quickly in my mind, um, and that kind of took me on a journey to understand my sexuality. At the same time, I was working. I'm trying to give people a bit of a backstory on me. It's like, okay, hospitality, okay, he's a bit of a nerd. He went to uni. The other side well, of it didn't as tell well us what is you that studied I was also working. College. Sorry? You didn't tell us what you studied at college. Yeah, so I studied my ass off and did hotel management and administrations management. I went back to uni after a little while and studied marketing, public relations, advertising. These are all separate degrees. So, yeah, I've got too many textbooks in my brain Um, and too many people's dead, you know, dead people's theses I had to regurgitate in my master's. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I found my master's to be really easy with my degrees, were really hard. I couldn't understand. I did my master's first. Then I had to go back and do all my degrees. Um, but I had to make sure we're talking about school masters. This isn't like a BDSM masters. <laughs> no, that came later. Oh, that okay. came later. So after I studied my ass off and went into the hospitality sector, I loved it, hated it, left again, went back to uni and studied some more shit. Um, I was also working in children's ministry, which again is a bit of a. I was like, whoa, okay. So he worked in hospitality. He's done his studies. He's worked in children's ministry. How the hell did he get from there to the adult industry? And so I had this moment where I was working in children's ministry as a youth minister because I thought that's what I had to do. I thought I had a purpose in life, and that was to preach the gospel. And I am completely non-religious now. Um, I believe in – I'm very karma-centric, so whatever you put out into the world comes back to you tenfold. I believe in that sort of stuff. And lighting incense, wearing crystals, that's me now. But back then when I was questioning my sexuality, I thought religion was the way – out to do what the world said I had to be and, and who I had to be. And so I went and did youth ministry stuff with Youth Works Australia and Hillsong, which is a giant Pentecostal church organization in, the, uh, in Australia and New Zealand. And I started working with kids on the Gospels and that's my purpose at the time. This young kid came up to me and he was questioning his sexuality and he said to me, my parents are ministers, I don't know how to be me, and the Bible says that being gay is wrong. Um, But I know I don't like girls in that way. And it was that moment where I had denied my sexuality for so long and who I was and thought I was doing the right thing by God, quote, unquote. Uh, But in that moment, I couldn't lie to that person and I said to that kid and he was about seven or eight years old I said you need to be you and if you are gay or same-sex oriented then you if you're happy with that then that's who you are and you shouldn't have to change for anybody just because the bible says it's wrong doesn't mean god does not love you for who you are now from that moment that those moments those words came out of my mouth I was like fuck me I have just told somebody, be yourself, accept your sexuality, be who you want to be. 
And I've been denying that of myself the whole entire time. And so that was kind of like when the penny dropped for me. And I was like, I'm preaching something I don't necessarily believe in anymore because it says in there that I can't be me. I've been denying my sexuality, trying to be myself in what I thought I had to be. And I decided to leave the ministry because they didn't like gay guys being in charge of kids' camps. As grotesque as what that may sound, a lot of people seem to think that if you're gay, you'll fuck anything that moves. Um, but unfortunately, or well, fortunately, it doesn't work that way. We're just well, you also have a deviation of Christianity and Catholicism. And when you do have priests and pastors that do touch and have sex with the boys and stuff of that nature, they also tend to say that they're not homosexual and that it wasn't whatever it really was. And then the church tries to yeah. hide it. I mean, it's a long run joke in the world. That's a serious thing. So I think it when people, thing, yeah. well, yeah, I think and when people hear that you're actually gay, they, they freak out. Because yeah. it like, it shows context in, I guess, where I came from to understand who I was to where I am now. So I left the ministry and I never touched a young boy inappropriately. Although when I entered the sex industry as a escort, because in that sort of, that sort of space of where do I fit in the world? Where do I belong? I then became the young boy being touched by old men. So, <laughs> so I was 18, 19 years old working in the escorting industry as a sex worker. And all my clients were 40, 50 plus um, and that turned into a 10-year career as a sex worker. As I began to understand what it meant to be gay, what it, how it meant to identify with the queer community, but also understand myself as a person. So, I mean, a lot, like I said earlier on in the interview here, as I've mentioned that I've met escorts, I've met drug dealers, I've met nightclub managers, I've met drag queens, and I've done it all, licked it all. And when I say I've licked it all, I've licked it all, physically licked it all, uh, and survived at the end of it all. And from that experience, I met thousands of people and helped people with their own sexuality. And by that, I even helped myself with my sexuality, explored heaps of different kinks, heaps of different fetishes from role play to leather play. I... I now still own a lot of leather gear at home <laughs> in Melbourne, Australia. So uh, it's it's interesting that my life took this weird turn in trying to understand who I was as a person simply by stepping out of my comfort zone and being the person I wanted to be, not the person that the world says you have to be. And I, I think that taps into that particular topic you wanted to touch on, Herman, in regards to entrepreneurship and what holds people back. So wait, you're from Australia. You sound like you're from Brooklyn. <laughs> I have a really... Oh, in what way? Is it, is it the way my accent comes across or, or how philosophical I'm preaching? <laughs> oh, no. I was going to say, uh, with just your you know, previous employments and the things you've done within your life, by being an escort and being parts of the sex working industry in a majority of the United States that is going to be illegal except for certain counties, which cracks me up because where a majority of people think the sex workers are, and they really are, in Las Vegas, Nevada, prostitution is illegal. You have to leave that and go to like Harris County. So it's like 
Yeah. It's funny the perception of what people see and what people think to what reality really is. And I just want to make sure that everyone understood that what you have done isn't like you've trolled through the Bible Belt of the United States. It is a localized idea, essentially, in Australia. But the laws in Australia are also pretty ridiculous as well. If I'm correct, different states are legal to work in, but some are not. That's some correct. you get benefits, some you don't. Yeah. So in Australia, it's it's pretty fucked. Like, we don't have counties here, but every state has different rules. And so you can live in Sydney, lose your job at McDonald's uh, or Costco, and then start working as a prostitute the next day without a problem. Uh, and you won't get in trouble as long as you work from brothels, you can work from home, you can in-call, out-call, the whole thing. And there's really no restrictions. But then if you jump across a different state to, say, Melbourne, for example, you have to have what they call a sex worker's licence, which allows you to work as a sex worker. So essentially, it's like applying for a tax ID in the States where you register a business and you need to get your tax ID organised for sex workers in certain states around Australia, you have to be a registered sex worker, which sounds bizarre for me, but in certain states around Australia, sex work is considered more of a career than other states, and so it doesn't fly under the radar as much, and so certain states require you to have a licence, and the same goes for brothels. Um, sex on-premise venues in different states around Australia require you to have a licence to have that business. And obviously an ABN, which is an Australian business number, similar to tax IDs with business registrations in the US. And it's weird that so every, every state has different rules. And in some states in Australia as well, sex work is criminalised and there are still sex workers today in Australia and organisations pushing for decriminalisation in sex work. And it's surprising that as, as sex work is one of the longest going professions in the world that we're still having these issues today in what's becoming more of a sex positive world that we live in and people are more open to exploring uh, you know, sexual health, sexual wellness, and their own sense of self that we're still having these issues in an industry that everybody's fucking tapping into. They're either buying a sex toy or they're fucking someone in a brothel, or they're on an app like Grinder or Tinder or Scruff or Hornet or Match.com and or serve, seeking arrangements or those sugar baby websites. They're still touching the adult industry, but they don't want to acknowledge it. And I think it's very funny that a lot of people that set the rules around the world are using these platforms, but not giving people permission to work in the industry. It just confuses me all the time, but I'm hoping (laughs) that that'll change in years to come. But now some states also require constant health checks for sex workers, correct? Yeah, so sexual health, I think sexual health in general is something that everyone should take seriously. Um, You know, I was stupid when I started working as a sex worker. I just, when anyone approached me and said, hey, do you want to do this and this and here's some money? I was like, yeah, no worries. I'd take the gig and go back to the club afterwards and talk about it with my escort mates. Um, And then we all, you know, have a competition as to who would go home with the most money at the end of the, the time that we were out. (laughs) <laughs> so we made a game out of it, but I was stupid because I didn't get regular health checks. And I look back at that now 
And, you know, touch wood, after thousands of clients, like thousands of couples, individuals that I've had the pleasure of enjoying the company with and them enjoying the company with me, I never once got an STI or an STD. And I look back at that now and go, fuck me. Like, I did some really kinky shit from like- They did. Not, not from, from not wearing <laughs> rubbers to doing, you know, bareback and all that sort of stuff. It's a bit of a taboo topic, but in the queer community, it seems to be an expected norm now that this thing's like prep. Um, but in terms of sa- like safe sex practices, escorts need to maintain their sexual health just to make sure they get the gig. Like if- you're sick, you can't work. Like, your body is your business. And I probably should have taken that a lot more seriously earlier on because, you know, later on in my career, while having partners at the same time as working in the industry, I got sick. But that wasn't from my clients. That was from naughty partners that I was with that weren't being honest with me. But, um, you know, in different states, actually, I think all states in Australia now require people to have... I think a two to three monthly sexual health check as a minimum requirement just to make sure that they're not making their clients sick, that their health's in check and that they're able to work because a lot of brothels in Australia require sex workers to work on a roster of a couple of days a week or days and nights. And if they don't have that many staff, they need to know that they've got enough girls or boys working um, I should say ladies and gentlemen, because girls and boys sounds like we're going back to that Catholicism <laughs> statement from earlier. But, you know, the ladies and gents are workers, sex workers, health's important. Um, and so my key message to anyone that's considering a career in sex work is be safe and wear rubber uh, and don't do anything you're not comfortable doing because you're not a sex toy. I think a lot of... A lot of sex workers in this industry and a lot of people that are, are new to understanding the industry just make the assumption that I've booked this person and I own them for the hour I'm with them. But I, people need to realize that those people that they're booking are also people too. Yeah, and exactly. they have feelings and they have emotions. And if you hurt them and break them, they can fucking cause some damage for you too in terms of cops and everything else. So, you know, <laughs> your phone number doesn't take much to give it to the police and track you down if you're causing issues in the industry and that's why there are things like ugly mug which not many people know about but the sex work community as huge as it is around the world there are so many different apps now for sex workers to get on there type in your mobile number and find out if you've heard a sex worker or if you've not paid or if you're not shown up on time or if you're rude and abusive we can see all that and i think that's a great way to kind of keep the industry safe, but also helping sex workers keep each other safe as well. It's uh, funny and how health that works, is though. one of the key factors. Go ahead. Oh no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's funny how that works though, because really, when you talk to people, they're afraid of an escort or somebody being dirty or them being infected or sick, and them coming down with something. And so it's crazy. It's yeah. really crazy. People think that because, in fact, sex workers are more safe than a random at a bar. Agreed. Some guy that's but just already down it. like three pints of whiskey that wants to get his dick wet, who you don't know, but he looks real pretty yeah. in a tight t-shirt, who's also got herpes. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, oh, I'll go home with her because she's hot at the bar or he's hot at the bar. And then you wake up the next morning and you've got warts all over your cock. Yeah. Like, but if you sleep with a sex worker, one, safe sex is generally a standard and their body is their temple. And I think everyone should have that mantra. And a lot of my clients seem to have that mantra as well that are porn stars and cam stars. Their body is their temple. Their body is their workplace. You know, if someone's got a smashed window on their house, you're going to question, oh, is that person all together or, or did that just happen or, you know, are they, you know, lighting up in there or something, right? Whereas if a sex worker has anything on their body outside that shouldn't be there, you're going to see it because you're going to be naked with them and straight away you're going to be like, oh, I shouldn't go there because that would happen. Sex workers are more safe than a random at a bar because they take their health generally more seriously. Um, it's also their not, income. Not that's that's their irritated. livelihood. Exactly. And and for me, it was my livelihood for a couple of, oh, a couple of years, a decade. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was my livelihood as a sex worker to to be safe. I was just fortunate not to get sick during my career. Um, but in saying that, there are many people I know that have gotten sick with uh, lifelong illnesses as a result of not taking their health safe, like their health seriously. And yeah, and now they're stuck with that constant reminder that if only they did this or if only they took that or if they only used protection, they wouldn't be in the situation they're in now. And, you know, that's a real key message there is that sex work might look scary on the outside, but if you talk to a sex worker or any sex worker, if you're considering booking a sex worker or watching porn, um, everyone's really, really health conscious. and. Oh, yeah. It's safer to sleep with a sex worker than it is to sleep with a random at a bar because they've, they've got to be more you know, vigilant with their health. Um, but, yeah, the 10-year the stint in the sex industry taught me a lot. Um, it, it took me on a journey of self-discovery with my sexuality. Uh, I learned a lot very quickly with the people I was hanging around. And at the same time, once I kind of left the hospitality side of things, I ended up diving into marketing and public relations as a career alongside my night job, which was sex work. And so I was freelancing a lot with all these different businesses. And originally it started out as hospitality because I knew the industry not that I wanted to work for a hotel ever again, but I had a lot of clients that were in the hospitality sector that were seeing me as a sex worker that needed help with marketing or advertising with their businesses. So I was kind of sleeping with them and, you know, at night and then putting on a suit and going into the office the next day uh, and doing their marketing and advertising, which was a little bit interesting. It kind of reminds me of Samantha Jones from Sex and the City, uh, where she's a publicist and she sleeps with all her clients, but she still does the job at the end of the day. And it was kind of like that for me. I felt like I was sleeping with my clients and then doing their marketing and advertising work. And we're talking <laughs> hotels, uh, theatre schools, universities, government organisations, uh, airlines and like big uh, multinational companies that specialize in healthcare products. And I was looking after all their $5,000 gold leaf mask shit, trying to help promote stuff I'd never used myself uh, as their marketing and PR director. And from those experiences, I started learning how to do marketing and PR in different companies and different brands on a global 
basis. But also at the same time, all of my industry peers that I had met in Sydney early on in my career were struggling with marketing and advertising. And I was like, how come you guys have never thought to, to try this or do this? And they're like, well, we never knew we could or we didn't know how. And it wasn't until I started helping a handful of friends, about 30, 40 different sex workers and adult businesses in Sydney, Australia, that I actually saw that I could apply my knowledge of the adult industry and the people that I had met and the issues they were having alongside marketing and advertising and PR strategies that actually help the industry. And seeing them go from five bookings a day or a week to several hundred a day was a clear indication to me that what I was doing was working. And like just seeing them grow their business and their career and be more comfortable financially, originally I was just helping friends because they wanted more gigs and I'm like, oh, maybe if you put a few more ads out there and go here, here and here and you write this and you use these photos, maybe build a website, here's some business cards, this might actually get you looking more professional and people will want to book you and pay more. And now, where, do you, where would you advertise things like that that wouldn't be the back pages of a magazine or a newspaper, which is typically in the States where you tend to see someone that is going to be an escort or in the industry. They're always on like the back pages of some magazine or some randomness. I mean, you could say that they're going to be on like Playboys and Hustlers, but you can't advertise that out in the States here. We have local things that you see things in the back of. Even uh, like uh, weed magazines would have some ideas like that. But the majority of things in the States where you're trying to find things would be like a Craigslist listing way back in the day. Now, like you said, there are apps that do that for you. Um, I know there was also redbook.com was one for a while that you were able to use to find out where to go to like a massage parlor. And you have to say parlor because if you say massage what do they call them? Centers. Um, people got offended if you called their massage center a parlor because they knew that the parlor meant there was sex insinuated within the well, name. They refer to it as a spa. And then they're like, no, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that means sex. You know, spa, just you know, take a few letters out. P and A and displace it with an E and an X and you've got sex. But yeah, no, I hear. Um, Essentially, I, like a lot of people tend to advertise on directories and there are directories now that are just for escorts uh, or just for advertising adult businesses. And it's interesting now because 10 years ago when I entered the industry, I was lucky because word spread like rapid fire because I did fucking everything. I was one of those gay guys new to the scene, young, and they refer to a young gay guy as a twink. Um, and a Twinkie isn't the same as a Twinkie in the States. Like a Twinkie is that cream-filled bun. And there was a lot of cream filling in my career. Um, as a sex worker, whether it was me doing the filling or me being filled with the cream, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in terms of my career earlier on, there was no way to really advertise 10 years ago as much as there is today. Uh, for example, for the gay escort community, there's a website called rentmen.com and essentially it's it's kind of like the back page or the cracker of the day where you used to be able to create ads on these different platforms but then foster sister legislation came out thanks donald trump 
And <laughs> he fucked it up for all the sex workers that couldn't advertise anymore because of trafficking, even though they were consensually advertising themselves. Well, but, the fact that he's trafficking out Mexican children to other people that they don't know who was going over. But yeah, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of blanket thing that happened affected not only the industry as well as the things that needed to be addressed. Totally. I, I don't disagree with the law he put out at all but it's unfortunate that it was very you know wishy-washy in the way that it was applied because it kind of applied to things that did not necessarily have to do with the trafficking problem um and it kind of hit everywhere around the world because a lot of the most successful companies in the adult sector are overseas in the u.s and a lot of companies and escorts and adult performers around the world rely on u.s-based platforms and so when that happened, a lot of websites came down. But today, there are so many directories that are popping up left, right, and center. The amount of directories that contact us at Sweet Release uh, that need help with marketing and advertising or want to start their own webcam website like OnlyFans or ManyVids, it's crazy that... Now, 10 years on from when I entered the industry where the only way you could advertise was word of mouth or hanging out at a bar and when someone goes, hey, can I buy you a drink? You just pretend to be completely shit-faced so they think they can take advantage of you, take it home, go through their wallet, take some money and run. Um, today, there are so many different directories and different avenues for performers and escorts and businesses to advertise than what there was back then. So I think the industry has come forward a lot more than what it used to be in terms of being able to advertise and market, but still people don't know how to do it. And so a lot of escorts put themselves on websites that are like local directories where you would go to buy a used car or a barbecue. Because um, if there's anything you want with a car here. and a barbecue, it's a handy or a blowy. Like those go literally <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> So mixed in between the mixed in between the barbecue and, and the used uh, used car, you've got the hand job and the blowy yeah. ad running at the same time. And I think a lot of people tend to gravitate towards more mainstream uh, websites than what they would, or especially when they're looking online. If they're not going to the back pages of a newspaper for the classifieds, they're going online, but they don't want their wife or their partner or spouse to know that they're looking for a sex worker and so i think it you know they whoops i accidentally stumbled across his ad and it wasn't what i was looking for but i'm looking at it anyway i think that makes it a lot more easy for people to access an industry that's still today they're a bit oh i don't know if i want to engage with that and i don't want people to know that i have booked a sex worker or whatever um, and well, especially came people up with rent men is brilliant. Rent men is a website awesome. like that and say that they were looking for a used car, then they were actually <laughs> looking for a sex worker because it looks like a mistake. <laughs> but you don't know that. Maybe they are looking for that. Like I said, the idea of rent men, rent, if that, if the thing is rentmen.com, that's fantastic because yeah. you would think that a housewife is just in need of a handyman who's going to nail something into the wall. The husband doesn't know it's going to be her nailed into the wall. So that's really well done. <laughs> exactly. I've never actually looked at the name of that website that way before. 
um, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a handyman. Um, and even with the photo on their website, it looks like a guy in a tradie shirt now on, on their um, landing page. But because they, they have a current sex worker on there now called Bre- uh, Brent Beckham, who's their um, poster boy at the moment on their landing page. And it's interesting because it is a, um, a gay escort sort of website for gay men, but I think what you're getting at there is that if you kind of mask it in a certain way, like yeah. make it rent men or it looks like more of a tradey sort of thing, you get away with it. And especially for the ladies and for uh, straight men, there, there are companies that do like they come to your house and they clean your house and they call them like like skimpy waitressing in the US where the girls wear barely nothing and they waitress parties. You can actually book people to come to your house and they clean. They, they dress as naughty maids or they dress as naughty butlers and basically all they're wearing is an apron when they cook and they're completely butt naked, the men. And then you've got the women who turn up in their bikinis or the, the like the sexy maid costume and they clean your house with no knickers on <laughs> or no bra. And they can clean they clean your house and if you throw them an extra couple hundred dollars, some of them will turn tricks too. So but it's really interesting that some companies out there are starting to pop up. There's one that I know called Topless Services. It's Brazilian-based but also has branches in Australia and some around the world, and they do that same thing. They send maids out and butlers out and they're escorts, but they're also cleaners. And um, you can book them to do some naughty things or you can just enjoy their company for the hour they're there cleaning your house and just enjoy the view, <laughs> so to say. <laughs> and see, and I don't have a problem with that. If that's what they want to do, and I, I'm I'm fully on board with doing that. I also don't oppose sex workers. I think it's something that if you keep it clean and regulated as it is in Australia, that should be something that's a viable option out there. I think in the States when people tend to have an issue with it is because of their own insecurities. And so what that tends to be is, a female is going to be upset that her husband did something and it's the other woman's fault. No, the guy was going to do it anyway. The option was just readily available. So now you're saying that because it's readily available, you shouldn't have it. So that nixes tobacco, alcohol, and pornography because it's (laughs) readily available. (laughs) That's really true. Like the more it becomes available the more easy it is to access and the more people want to give it a go. And I think that is playing into the way that the world is starting to approach sex positivity as a topic. And I spoke on a couple of podcasts earlier this month on the topic of sex positivity and, and how positive people are becoming towards sex in general. But before, people wouldn't really be open to having that conversation over lunch or dinner right but then when you get to a couple of drinks at the bar with your mates there's like oh yeah you know i fucked doing the pussy rah, rah, rah. and then the next day they're like oh, i don't remember saying that <laughs> um a lot of people will try and write it off when they're wasted but when it comes to being sober it's like oh do we have that conversation or can we freely talk about it but i think the world is actually starting to become more open to having those conversations because more TV shows, more radio shows, more movies, more dating apps, all these different websites, platforms and ways to explore 
are becoming more accessible so more people are open to asking that question like they might see a sex toy on a website at like adamandeve.com which is a huge adult retailer and they might see a toy there and go huh I wonder if my girlfriend's ever tried this vibrator before or what's a prostate massager and why do I need to massage my prostate like what's the purpose i think people have been coming more open to having those conversations with their close friends which over time is starting to make things more of a conversation topic than something you just you know google privately in, in the comfort of your own home and and, and never tell anybody else um which is that. good to see because it means that i what i believe is happening here is that the adult industry will become more accepted and more of a an everyday topic rather than something that's just taboo and we can't touch it or talk about it. Well, now, you're not only talking about it and promoting it, you're actually awarding it. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, you would never... I, I, people ask me this question now quite a lot and they're like, okay, so you're a sex worker. You know, well, let's go back to the start. You were a hotel manager who then worked as a, a freelance marketing and advertising person. You became a sex worker at the same time and you've been doing that for over a decade. And now you run a like over 2,500 client operated marketing and PR agency for the adult industry called Sweet Release and you now have an award show that recognizes excellence in the adult industry sponsored by the global adult industry. If you told me 10 years ago when I was like, oh yeah, no, I'll give sex work a go because I need to understand my sexuality and myself as a person and said to me, oh, you know, in 10 years time, you'll have a marketing agency that has clients all over the world and in a position of authority in the adult industry of an award show, I would say, yeah, whatever, you're fucking dreaming. What did you smoke? <laughs> but today, it's it's a reality and it's a scary reality because I didn't anticipate it happening at all and, and I never anticipated myself becoming a, a marketer or a publicist in the adult industry. I, I only did it at the start to help some friends because... I had friends in the industry and I was in the industry and I wanted to help them be as successful as I was because, you know, some of them were just getting a few blips on grind up and getting a booking and and that's it. Whereas I was really, you know, really slamming it. I was winning the bets in the bar with the with the boys. <laughs> but um it's it's crazy, yeah. So over the last two years now, this will be our second year, but because of coronavirus, uh, we've had to postpone our awards night this year. No. Uh, and I know, it's crazy. So, in short, we have an awards program in Australia. It's not like the one in the States called the AVNs or the XBs or the Why Not Awards, which is for the webcam community. They're huge, and that's because America is like, if you're looking at a Pac-Man game, America is Pac-Man. And we're just that little ball that Pac-Man eats Australia, right? <laughs> so in comparison, like you can eat a lot of Australia before we make one big US, right? So your country is full of fucking porn stars, escorts and adult businesses. Australia's this little tiny blip in the ocean. But our it's industry funny. is very diverse. Yeah, but you have a, a country that more or less will accept the sexual diversity of the culture and the people and really be accepting more of 
escorts and pornography, whereas the United States absolutely shuns it. Outwardly shuns it. And it's it. crazy. It's really crazy that when I hear that, because I hear that from so many people, and I know that that's how the industry is treated in the US. But then you've got those big fucking fuck off like parties, like the AVNs and the XBs over there, which celebrate sex workers, and it's like the fucking Logies. It's and funny because like, they have to outwardly say no. Yeah, and then behind the scenes, you're saying everyone in, in, in the US, like, no, we don't touch the adult sector. And it's like, come on, most of the porn stars in the world that are famous, that even some of them fucked Donald Trump. Like, and they're all from the US. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, you know, we don't know if Stormy Daniels really slept with Donald Trump, but she wrote the book. Yeah. So, you know, oh. it's it's interesting that that the U.S. has this dissonance between the industry and the industry's dissonance with the U.S. because it's the industry's massive in, in the States. Um, but in Australia, you're right. Here, we're very, I think, much more open-minded to it. And I think it's because we have more exposure to it, even though you guys are lucky with Naked News, um, who we're excited to actually be working with now, which well, is Well, that would more Canada now. than America. It's still in America, but it used to be, which is funny because the last uh, episode we had with Cherry, we actually talked about the Naked News. Um, that was huge yeah. here a few years ago, and it kind of disappeared a little bit, and I'm sure it has to do with which administration has control of things, but it's still huge in Canada. It's massive in Canada. Uh, like, we're we're excited to actually start working with Naked News and Naked News along with yourself at uh, The Rent with Herman James are two of our sponsors for the X Awards which is the Australian Adult Industry Awards program I tend to derail on these podcasts I get really excited <laughs> about the perspective of the industry and then I'm like hang on what were we talking about? Oh that's right we're talking about the X Awards so I can bring Awards it back in, you can bring version. it back in, we're good <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're, we're, and, and he's back in the room <laughs> Um, so, the X Awards is our version of the AVNs and the XBiz Awards. So, basically, it's an awards program that celebrates entertainers and businesses voted for by the general public. And then we have prizes and stuff thrown at different categories. This year, we've got 40 award categories across entertainment and business. We've got over $350,000 in prizes across all 40 categories, which is fucking huge. When we started this awards program two years ago, and I say two years because now it would be two years, but coronavirus is fucking us in our second year. But in our first year, we had $80,000, and I thought that was a lot back then. And then after the success of the first year, we went from 25 award categories to now 30 with over $350,000 in prizes, and it just keeps growing. And I'm... Just as in shock about it, even saying it again on a different podcast than what I was when I've seen it grow over the last two years. And the industry's involvement has grown. When we launched it, there's a bit of skepticism because award programs generally have this sort of, you know, perspective out there or perception is the word I'm looking for, (laughs) that it's rigged and that nepotism plays into the way in which someone wins an award. You know, if if enough people turn up, you get the trophy. But we wanted to make sure that the awards program was regulated so that 
anyone that participated had a story to tell. So if they've been in the industry for a long time and they've done a lot of amazing things in the industry, then they deserve to be recognised. So everybody that applied this year for X Awards had to fill out a 20 questionnaire about their career, when they got started, what they've done, what they hate, the troubles they've had, the amazing experiences they've had, and then they choose the categories that they think they want to fit into. And then we go through all of their submissions. And this year we had 745 people apply. Golly. Um, <laughs> you know, we only gave them a month to do it because they'd be like, oh, we won't get that many. And they've got fucking over 700 of them. <laughs> and so our family, which owns X Awards because we're a family business. Um, Wait, your family didn't disown you? Sorry? Wait, your family didn't disown you? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. So, family-wise, my family are involved in X Awards and they're involved in Sweet Release. So, with X Awards, our family owns and operates it. So, we all have a background in the adult industry and we all have our own stories in the industry. And I kept mine such a secret for so long that I thought no one in my family had a connection to the industry. And then... I decided at halfway through my escort career to go, hello, I'm a sex worker. And they were like, oh, and I expected <laughs> to be grounded. I expected my phone to be taken off me, the internet disconnected, no more friends, you have to be home by 11 p.m. But I didn't go through any of that. My parents were extremely open-minded, and that's because they have a connection to the industry as well. And I was like, are you fucking serious? This whole time I've kept it a secret and... You know, you're just like, meh, whatever. What if a duck's back? And so it was from there that I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can involve my family in X Awards and Sweet Release. And now we're a team of eight in Australia that, that manage this awards program and the agency, which we'll touch on. And so the awards program, we all sat around a table, went through all the applications, put people in the correct categories, not just because they thought they deserved to win Porn Star of the Year when they started fucking yesterday and have one follower on Twitter and no content. Like, we want to make sure that people really win something because they deserve it, not because they think, oh, if I buy 10 tickets, I get the trophy. Like, no, no. I had to earn my stripes in the industry, so do you. And so... The way in which the awards program works is it's open to the public. We opened it to Australia and New Zealand, and now it's open to the world. And in the last three months since we opened it to the world, we've gone from 4,000 votes, which is still a lot, and they're all individual votes, not more than one from the, from the same person. We've gone from 4,000 votes to 18,980 votes. Oh, Lordy, that is a shit ton more. It just goes to show that the Australian adult porn industry and businesses in Australia actually have customers and fans and subscribers overseas. And majority of the votes that are from overseas, about 54% of them are from the States. Sounds about right. With the uh, outward work of <laughs> we hate porn and we're not watching it to everyone's watching porn. Exactly. As, 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 like I talk to most people, I'm like, just because you don't support the adult industry doesn't mean you're not, oh, it's 12 p.m., it's time to go on my lunch break. You can go into the cubicle in the bathroom, whip your cock out and start jerking off on your lunch break. Yeah, or, you know, you didn't have your... sex with that secretary. Yeah, but if, <laughs> if, you get, if you're getting paid at work to masturbate, doesn't that make you a sex worker? I don't know. We should look into that. I <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you're, at work, if you're getting paid and you're having a wank, you should film it. 
Stick it on OnlyFans and many events. Someone's paying you for paid. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pay subscribers on that one. So now this is global. Yeah. Where can people see this? Where can people log into, take a look at the uh, contestants, and put votes in? Yeah, so for X Awards, you can just jump on the website at xawards.com.au, uh, and you'll find all our social media links are the same. So we wanted to make sure it was as easy as possible because nothing's worse than trying to find something online and they fucking change their name on everything. And you're like, how the hell do I find this thing? And you just give up. <laughs> so if you're looking for us, it's xawards.com.au. You'll find out who our sponsors are. And, and this year, we've got an incredible lineup of sponsors. Not only do we have Herman James from this fabulous podcast we're now talking on, but we've got companies like After Dark, Intimate, ASN, Lifestyle Magazine, which is a fantastic magazine about the community and the adult industry, Astra Glide, which is a lube, uh, available Angels, Buy the Buy podcast, Empire Finance, Forbidden Toys, Herbal Erect, Lucky Ads, fav- My Favorite Porn Star, and Naughty Ads, which is a directory, Real Babes, Swinging Down Under, Swiss Navy Lube, Naked News, which has just come on board as a sponsor as well. And awesome. they're all donating prizes towards the winners this year. And you'll find all the links to them and information about all of these fabulous companies on the xawards.com.au website under sponsors. And if you want to vote, please do, because you might recognize some of the names in the list. Uh, and every vote counts. And you can vote on our website directly. And for the latest news and all that sort of stuff, jump on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll find us there too. Um, but that's the awards program. And because of coronavirus, uh, like I briefly touched on, which has really fucked the world and the industry and everybody's gone through the same shit, I think enough stuff's out there for everyone to know that coronavirus is a fucking cunt this year. Um, but in terms of the voting process, X Awards has extended its voting all the way through to the 12th of February. We were supposed to close it at the end of October this year. But we moved our awards night to the 20th of February, 2021, so that every finalist and their their fans and supporters could actually attend. And we were going to make it an online thing, but my my problem with that specifically was that our awards program exists to showcase and bring together the industry. Like, we want to unite the industry and celebrate their success. And we can't do that with an audience of 10 or or 30 of the participants turning up because that's all we're allowed to have in a venue in Melbourne because of our phase two lockdowns that we've got going on, which is called stage four here. And so that kind of slows things down for us. So we extended the voting, extended the the uh, sponsorship opportunities and really tried to make sure that everyone can attend the awards night because it was such a fantastic party last year and the industry got to know each other because it's so siloed, which what I mean by that is is that everyone's in their own little world that they forget how big the industry is. And a sex worker won't talk to a sex worker that works in the same city as them when they should be you know, collaborating instead of competing. And a sex shop that's on the same street as another sex shop doesn't even know they're there. And so our awards program really does exist to bring people together. And 
my hope for next year, and I'm really excited about it, is that when we run the awards night for 2020 in 2021, <laughs> uh, that everyone will be able to turn up and enjoy that experience in February. And then the voting and nominations reopen for 2021. So not only do we get a party at the start of the year to celebrate you know, our resilience in 2020, but we also have a second event, which is the X Awards for 2021 in November See, of next year. So we have two parties. <laughs> I find that the best part of this is your award show had to be postponed, which isn't the best part. I think that is tragic in itself. The best part is... It's the week after Valentine's Day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did look at that and I was like, do we run it on Valentine's weekend or do we, do we put it the week after? I'm like, no, we'll run it the week after because by then everyone's already hitched up, found love. And if they haven't, they'll turn up to the awards night and they'll find love there. Exactly. Or, you know, they'll just move another escort, go home and film some content and become successful yeah, from see, the back of an event where they get to network. And so, you know, that was kind of the reason why i put it there plus a few people in the industry said don't run it on valentine's day because we've got plans <laughs> so, <laughs> so i was like okay and my current partner's like oh valentine's day people make a whole week out of that and i'm like okay we'll run it the week after i hate those but, um, <laughs> yeah so that's that's our x awards for 2020 slash 2021 we now have two parties in one year um, but it, it, just, it just makes it more accessible. And rather than cancel the whole thing after everyone's put so much effort into the voting and throwing the towel and give up, I was just like, no, fuck this. I'm not letting some virus named after a bloody beer destroy the hey, awards man, program for the adult industry. <laughs> oh, I love Corona with a slice of lemon or a slice of lime. Oh, lime? I'm good with that. I said lime. I haven't done limes for years. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it just made sense to, to move the awards night, extend the voting, and, and give the world more time, I think, to catch up with reality. Yeah. I think coronavirus has really put a dampener on a lot of things for everyone around the world, mentally, financially, and spiritually and so people are a little bit more slow to get things done and you know plus with the states you've not only gone through coronavirus and riots but you've also had fires um which we're dealing with now um, my house is engulfed with smoke from fires in every other direction uh it is it's crazy unhealthy to be outside right now you can't breathe and you've also got the same problem, I think, in other parts of the US where you've got cyclones hitting. And then in Australia, we're going into a cold front where our whole country is going to go into a deep freeze and we've got an issue with some El Nino sort of storm that's going on. So we've got that. We've all got, and then everyone's got financial situation going on, like inability to afford just general means of survival because they've lost their job because of COVID. And no one's really in the headspace, I believe, to throw votes at people in the industry when they've got a whole bunch of other shit going on on top of their everyday. And so extending it out to February gives people time to calm down, be calm, cool, collected, sort this shit out, wear a mask, stay safe, get through this crap together, and then start thinking about, okay, let's, you know, whip our titties out and our dicks out and start enjoying each other's 
you know, self-expressionism online and, and watching porn and engaging adult workers and, and adult toys. And, and if so- that right there isn't the best segue to ask for recommendations for my bachelor party this weekend, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Bachelor party for your weekend. I I seriously think that a virtual strip show is the way to go. Do you know how many businesses in the States have female strippers and performers, male, female strippers, that are actually doing virtual shows now in the States? It's actually taking off quite well. And, and one of our clients in the States is called Sing Cow Party Entertainment, and they're introducing virtual strip shows. So basically what that means is you can book a stripper, watch them on telly or your phone with all your mates, and you can have an on-demand sort of show with them. So that way you can tell the stripper what you want to have done. She'll do a shower show. She'll strip. She'll play naughty trivia games. They'll even do a bachelor hazing, which I reckon is really interesting because I've seen that done uh, in person. But and you, but to actually do it virtually is going to be really, really interesting as well. And so that's just one of the suggestions I've got for you, Herman, in regards to your bachelor party. Maybe hire some virtual strippers. See, and that's funny. I, I think the most resilient company I've seen, at least on social media, has to be a strip club in Oregon. We were in Portland, Oregon, actually. And uh, yeah. these guys called the Lucky Devil Lounge. As soon as COVID hit, they started a drive-through strip club. They put that up. That is awesome. Yeah, easy. They put easy ups across the parking lot. You pay in the front. The ladies are still wearing masks and doing their pole dancing and having stuff. And they just slowly drive through it like it's a safari. And it's fantastic i saw it was brilliant this week they have done a bikini car wash i am Do you not to throw peanuts or is you, you just throw dollar bills as you drive past yeah they were i thought it was a <laughs> fantastic idea so it is, yeah i'm like it's a drive-through safari like this is the most brilliant thing i've ever seen i have never been sponsored by these folks i somehow yeah. stumbled across them on instagram and I have been following them ever since. They're fantastic. They actually just sent me uh, some shirts and stickers the other day. So I was like, that's awesome. I, I can wear that. That's awesome. It brings a whole new meaning to drive through to the next window, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or pull up to the next box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's, that's incredible. I, I love that concept. You know, it, it just goes to show that in the face of something that's been so compromising for the world and for the adult sector that people are coming up with these new interesting ideas like even the explosion of only fans like i think i read an article a couple of months back that said that only fans exploded with over 170,000 i i might have added an extra zero there uh 17,000 or 170,000 subscribers overnight just because of coronavirus because people lost their jobs so they all fled onto this website to make some money and and you know create their own content it's just crazy that there are platforms out there now that can allow this and even in the, the time of crisis you've got a drive-through strip club which i think is fucking amazing um and i have to check this out now because I, I if i could get to the states i would just fly to the states to go through that experience because that would be awesome um my friend was just you know, Portland, like did you go They're like no i'm like why didn't you go you were just there <laughs> uh, it, it's just it sounds amazing um 
but yeah, no, it's it's really cool that there are platforms out there for these digitally and venues coming up with amazing ideas just to make ends meet and keep people employed. It, it's it's really awesome because it just means that the industry is going to keep coming up with amazing ways to you know make the industry more accessible and more involved i think in everyone's life which makes it more of a talking topic doesn't it because people want to drive past that place for example and they're going to want to drive through and then they're going to talk about it and it becomes a general conversation around a dinner table as opposed to something that you don't talk about i love it i I, coronavirus has been an absolute fucking shit fight however and yes it's been devastating people have died and it's 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 sad and it's it's really traumatic around the world to see what's going on with this virus. But I'm really excited to see how resilient that businesses, entertainers and, you know, entrepreneurs in general are thinking outside the box to make something good of a really shit situation. Yeah. It's um it's amazing to see. It is. It's fantastic to see. I am all for it. I like watching People being able to rebound. I like watching companies with the ability to be able to pivot to survive in a time when they didn't think they were going to have to or didn't think that they could. In a time Mm. where we have more deaths than pretty much any other time before us. We have record unemployment around the world, especially in the States. But you still have people who just tell their coworkers to put a mask on, take your clothes off, and go in the parking lot. And they rake yeah. in money. Like, if this was last year and they were doing a drive through strip club, you would hear oh, about this work. on the news. You would, yeah. It would be closed down overnight yeah. because it's taboo. But in the face of adversity right now, it's actually working. And it's the same in Australia, New Zealand, and other areas of Europe as well, where you've got strippers and escorts now creating digital opportunities so that people can still enjoy the pleasures of adult entertainment. And you've got, and it, it's also an interesting time because it means the industry is going to reface itself. Like while businesses, yeah. like you said, are pivoting in different directions, you've now got entertainers and businesses restructuring where they have maybe new management, which means they're going to become something new and more exciting. And then you have entertainers leaving the industry to make way for new entertainers that are entering the industry. And it's um, it's a really it's both a really uncertain but also exciting time for the adult industry because there's a lot of change going on. And you know, only time will tell as to where that change will go, but I'm definitely seeing an increase in digital opportunities and very smart uh, out there ideas like the drive through strip club you've mentioned. <laughs> in Australia and New Zealand, there's all, they've rolled out this thing. You're familiar with Uber Eats, right? Yeah. Yeah, Uber so Eats. in Australia, New Zealand, and I think there's also one in the States now as well. They've, some of the strippers that couldn't get work now do Uber Eats. And oh, basically awesome. what that is is they, they go topless to people's houses and deliver food. That's so that they, fantastic. People can go... People can go to a strip club or on their website or an agency site and book the girl that they want to see and that chick will turn up with, you know, their Big Mac meal in a bag, do a strip show and then head home. And I think that's just, 
insanely good of an idea to keep the brand alive and also keep the workers involved as well. Really, all they have done here is they've taken the Carl's Jr. motto of if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face, and they've reenacted it in live action. Because how many people have seen like yeah. the Paris Hilton's ones where it's getting everyone like, just get naked and eat it. They're just doing it now. That's fantastic. Ooh. It's it's really, really cool. And I didn't even know that Carl Jr.'s existed in Australia, but we have them here, that little star that dances around out the front of yeah. the restaurant. I didn't even know that that was Carl Jr. and that it was a, sta- a U.S. brand. But we have one here Hardy's and I've yeah. and it's good. One of my best mates owns the chains here in, in Australia. So I was kind of like, oh, this is insane. Oh, when you awesome. just mentioned it, I was like, oh, Carl Jr., I've, I've heard of that. I was using the Macca's reference because that's more wide spectrum. Everyone gets that. It but is. Carl but, Jr., yeah, they're all right. Yeah, their commercials, those are my, they're probably my favorite fast food burgers, but uh, their commercials are very, very sexually innuendo heavy here in the States. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some of the ads because I was looking into it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, all they need now is a few strippers dancing around in star costumes. Yeah. <laughs> you call it shooting stars. Yeah, I'll get I'll let uh, Scuba Steph on Instagram know. She does a lot of cosplay things, and I'll have her put on one of those uh, Carl's Jr. Hardy stars and have her eat a Big Mac on it. That'd be a little <laughs> contradictory, but yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Uh, well, I want to thank you, Jeff, for coming on. I want to thank you for letting me be a part of the award show with you as well. Where can everyone find your content again and the websites? Yeah, sure. So we've got X Awards, we've got Sweet Release, and and very briefly on Sweet Release as well. I know I kind of rambled this time around on a podcast. (laughs) There's so much stuff to cover, and I guess when you introduce yourself, you tend to not know how much to give, and and I tend to give too much. I did the same thing as a sex worker. So I must say, it's like my first dates. So yeah, with with Sweet Release, Sweet Release is our parent company. So it's it's a marketing and PR agency that we started two years ago. And I say we because we are a family business now. It was me originally that started it um, to help a few friends in the industry, but now we've got over two and a half thousand clients in 110 countries worldwide, and. It's such a joy for me to actually help an industry that helped me personally understand myself, my sexuality, and to give myself the financial freedom I needed to grow as a person. And now I get to give back to that industry as a marketer, as a publicist, as an advertiser. And so at Sweet Release, we're a team of eight. We we specialize in web design, social media marketing, public relations for sex workers, adult businesses, adult entertainers, porn stars. If like and a good case study for you is we got a couple of porn stars into browsers in the space of a month because all we did was fix their social media up, got them a good photo shoot, wrote all their PR, and in the space of 30 days, they landed a contract with browsers. We do that stuff for entertainers nice. all the time. Um, in regards to marketing and advertising, we take on adult retailers. We get them to the first page of Google. And I think what the most reassuring thing there is, is that as a marketing agency, we're not just a marketing agency that, or a PR agency that says, oh, yeah, we understand the adult space. We actually know it, live it, breathe it, and enjoy it. It's the only industry I personally now work with on an everyday basis, and my entire team, which is my family, only work with the adult sector because we understand it and we appreciate it and we want to see the industry do well. So when you work with Sweet Relays, you're working with professionals that understand the industry. 
and not only to rub my own sort of ego here or stroke myself <laughs> in any way, but we have won lots of awards as a marketing agency as well. And as weird as it sounds, we have our awards show that we didn't even enter ourselves into and the industry voted for us. So with X Awards Australia, X Awards is our adult industry awards program, which we've spoken a lot on on this podcast. Uh, and you can find out bit about both of those businesses sweet release agency is just sweet release agency on instagram on twitter you can check out sweet release on the website at www.sweetrelease.agency there's no.com and no.au after that just type in sweetrelease.agency and you'll find us and then for x awards australia you can jump on that website www.xawards.com.au and it's the same for twitter and instagram and Facebook. And if you want to connect with me personally, you can. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, it's been an absolute joy, I guess, ranting on the <laughs> ranting on with Herman James today on the podcast. I'm like, a, you know, once you spin me up, I can't stop. I just talk the leg <laughs> off a fucking chair. But if you want to connect with me directly, if you've got questions about the adult industry, if you need help with your adult business or your entertainment career, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. And my Instagram is jetblackau, AU for Australia. So you'll be able to find me on Instagram. Otherwise, feel free to reach out to us at Sweet Release or X Awards and just let them know that you want to talk to me and I'm more than happy to have a chat to anybody out there in the world that needs help with marketing, PR, advertising for their careers or their businesses in the adult industry. Um, yeah, that's where you can find us and feel free to reach out. It would be an absolute joy to hear from anyone that, that needs help, especially during coronavirus. Uh, it's, it's been a really interesting time for the industry and for us at Sweet Release and for me as an adult performer and a publicist. So I feel the burn in the industry and I'm only too happy to help. Well, that's great. And we'll put all of the website information and all of the social media handles in the podcast description as well. If you're listening to this on iTunes, this will be, excuse me, on uh, YouTube. This will actually be in the YouTube description as well. So you'll be able to click on those for them. And as well, they are going to be located on thehermanjames.com. So you can click that link and it'll redirect you right back to Jet's websites as well as social media. Jet, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you for letting me chew your ear off. <laughs> My pleasure. That's why it's the rant. Everyone gets to rant. That's what we do. <laughs> Good to know. At least I'm fitting in with the crowd. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, you have a great evening. You too. Thank you so much. Well, it looks like that's all the time I've got for this episode. I want to thank Jet for coming on and for making the rant part of the X Awards. Make sure you check out sweetrelease.agency as well as all of the X Award social media handles so you can have your opportunity to vote for who you think should be winning an X Award in the upcoming awards. It's a global voting event. Make sure you get your votes in. Don't forget to check out thehermanjames.com for all past episodes and upcoming giveaways. We've got sponsors from Spunk Lube and Manscaped products going to be given away very, very soon. Make sure to sign up at thehermanjames.com to be eligible to win. Don't forget to check out my friends at the No Funny Podcast Network as well as everyone we have as our guests on this show. 
That's all time we've got. Thank you for tuning in. I cannot wait to be in here until next time.